everybody. I hope you're keeping well. Today is August 8th, 2017. Um, and it's pretty cool here in Airdrie. The weather is good. Not too hot, not too cold. We've got some nice sun. Um, and today's podcast, thank you for joining me. I am, of course, Shemaine Linney. I am owner of Shemaine's Model Health. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert. And this week, I had planned to talk about sugar sugar cravings. And um, it was unintentional. If you're on my business page today, you will have seen I did a post about high fructose corn syrup. And um, it actually was unintentional. I hadn't intended to do that post at all today. It's purely coincidence. I just came across the study this morning, but I had already um, planned to do the sugar cravings this evening and written the transcript and everything for it. So, alas, we are here and they do nicely go hand in hand. So let's talk sugar cravings. Um, at last, because this podcast is pretty much long overdue and even though I've tipped on the topic a few times in other podcasts. I haven't allocated a full podcast to sugar cravings until now. Um, And sugar cravings and ways to manage them. Uh, Is it possible to beat and defeat sugar cravings? Well, I think so. Um, And I've seen this so. Um, It's definitely a big deal for people and people feel it's an issue of willpower or weak fortitude even that they just don't have the strength to beat the call of the wild, also known as the call of the sugar cravings. Um, It makes people feel almost weak, um, like you have, in a sense we feel like We have got to fight true cravings and temptations and not let them win. And although part of this is true, um, it's not all of it. So first you'd have, we need to understand what sugar cravings are. Um, And these cravings are not just psychological, but more physiological. And I do speak about the physiological aspects of cravings and PMS in an article that I did on my website this week. So if you're curious about why you get cravings around um, period time, then go check that article out. I believe it's an interesting read. You might think it's rubbish, but whatever, let me know. Um, It's not your thoughts that start cravings. Even though you may experience them in your thoughts, you could be walking along and thinking, oh God, I could murder some Purdy's chocolate now, or a big juicy burger, or whatever it is that floats your boat, like an ice cream on a hot summer's day. Um, But that craving didn't come about from thoughts. It came about from blood sugar control and hormones. So maybe your blood sugar dropped rapidly or it got to a low level. Now your brain says, I need glucose to function. So um, it sends out a signal to you um, in the form of hormones, um, which sets off cravings. And then off you go on your jolly way to satisfy those cravings. So in order to help beat these cravings, we have got to understand one, 
that it is a physio physiological chemical reaction that then um, is sent to the brain and then the brain kind of dictates what we're going to do about them and our brain does dictate what we're going to do about us our brain says oh I'd love an ice cream now and then your brain will say yeah feck it I'm going to have that ice cream or your brain will then move on to willpower and your willpower will say no I won't so um, but what we've got to do then is understand that and then we've got to understand that we do need to strategize how to manage scenarios like this so firstly let's look at why you want to get away from these cravings um, and it's kind of obvious because sugar is bad that ends no, but really, it's pretty straightforward. Sugar has been implicated in heart disease, aging in regards to its speeds of collagen loss faster than smoking and alcohol does, uh, cancer, diabetes, liver and kidney damage, uh, along with mountains of other health issues, including, of course, weight gain, and we know the health issues that go hand in hand with that. Sugar can be also compromising to the immune system. I spoke about this a few weeks ago, that there was a study that showed table sugar, a teaspoon, shuts down your immune system or your white blood cells for four to six hours. That, now that will make you think twice about adding a teaspoon of table sugar into your tea. So also being aware that sugar makes you want sugar, and I say this all the time, when we have sugar, we want more sugar because it sets off that chemical reaction. Being aware of hidden sources of sugar can be helpful with this. So fruits, yes, believe it or not, fruits are sugar. Um, and regardless of what some people think, our body sees sugar as sugar, even if it's in the form of fruit. And some vegetables, um, grains, and a s and then mountains of um, processed products and everything that we know out there. So I would recommend that you scour your labels, because there's about 250 different common names for sugar. So being aware of these is helpful, otherwise uh, it's obviously a lot of names, so not stressing about it too much and just avoiding foods with long lists of chemicals or names you can't pronounce or understand is generally your best bet. I usually advise that people stick to foods with a minimum amount of ingredients, um, even if they are buying processed foods. Um, also understand that the adrenal glands make cortisol and uh, your cortisol then it pulls up your blood sugar so when your blood sugar drops you get a burst of cortisol and when you now we need to look at cortisol because we do need cortisol, but too much at the wrong time can have some detrimental side effects. So being aware that cortisol will affect your blood sugar, stress will affect your blood sugar, your adrenal glands will be put under stress, and it all really goes hand in hand. So managing blood sugars, again, is going to be beneficial overall. So how can you quit eating sugar? Well, 
it's kind of a two-way question. It's kind of pretty obvious. Um, if you stop eating sugar, you'll quit sugar. It's obvious. But it's not always that easy, is it? So, myself and my clients, we experience that if you get to a point where sugar is not in your life, it does become a lot easier and it's not really a big deal anymore. You don't miss it and your taste buds do actually physically change. So it can be done and I know it can be harder for some and not for others. Um, but understanding that your taste buds play a big part in it, they do change, then obviously um, avoiding sugar for a certain amount of time will allow your taste buds to change. So I had heard a story from a colleague um, who had a client who lived on sugar and like they literally lived on sugar. It wasn't just a metaphor, like she ate sugar by the spoon, table sugar, and it was where she got the majority of her calories. And when this client was given a bite of a mango, it tasted so bitter to her because her taste buds were so numb from the sugar. But after a week of being off all sugars, she went back to the mango and was like, oh wow, this is actually pretty sweet and pretty good. Because your taste buds change and they change pretty fast. And once they change in a way that are good for you and they become adapted to more natural foods, you, you actually get drawn to good foods and more natural foods and vice versa. Uh, the more sugar you have, again, the more you want. So as well, thinking of sugar like a drug, and, and that's what it is. When I was overweight, I was addicted to sugar. It was, I'd have chocolate, I'd want more, I'd want cake, I'd want bread. I wasn't hungry, but I wanted it. I was addicted to it, and it made me feel good in the moment that I was having it. Um, although it made me feel crappy after, it still made me feel good in that moment that I was having it like a drug. And there are many studies to show that sugar has the same reaction on your brain as a class A drug. Um, so going cold turkey can be the best way for some to kick the addiction and I've found with my clients it's not actually as long as you would think. It's about three to five days, at most it's seven days and after again some period of time it does get easier. I really do see that if I can get someone to avoid sugar for three days those cravings subside immensely and the whole process becomes a lot easier and then when they do have some sugar uh, be it as a treat or at a celebration or whatever they enjoy it and appreciate it a lot more um, the next would be making sure that your first meal of the day is giving your body what it needs to control cravings and keep you satiated so having a meal that's nicely balanced with fat and protein will help manage blood sugar levels and energy throughout the rest of the day um, and then having some protein at every meal can also slow down digestion and from this we want to be making sure that we're having a complete source of protein as well this again will help prevent a spike or a drop in your blood sugars too um, and thus 
helping control these cravings. There are also studies um, that show when you have protein, you don't actually crave carbs, and carbs are sugars as well. Um, and when you don't have protein, you actually do crave carbs. So um, it works both ways. I would recommend that you aim for about about 20 grams of protein per meal, and that would be a complete protein source. So a high-grade protein uh, where you can. And then um, eating good quality carbs as well. Um, we used to believe that by not eating carbs we could manage blood glucose but new studies are now showing that if you're not consuming carbs your blood sugars can become unstable for a lot of people not everybody but for a lot of people then your body will resort to making glucose itself which can be pretty erratic some people make it well some people make it don't it can be risky business and then this can cause more problems uh, down the line than if you had have just had some good carbs and good carbs being in the form of sweet potato um, I would recommend starchy veg I do recommend white rice and white potatoes to people but once we have increased their um, resistance as well then next would be sleep so a lack of sleep or being tired has been shown to increase cravings. The easiest way to see if you are sleep deprived, okay, is to go into a dark room and lay down or sit down, have nothing to do, no phones, no kids, no nothing, no book. And if you conk out pretty easily after a few seconds, it's likely that you need more sleep. So we, we do know, even though some people can run off four or five or six hours, the majority of people benefit from seven to eight hours a night. Um, and do take a look back at the podcast I did um, a few months ago on sleep. I think there was three of them or two of them on sleep hacks, how to improve your sleep and how sleep affects your health. Um, when you're behind on sleep, two things happen. So your brain looks for a fast source of energy because it's tired, it's exhausted, and it's going to tell you. You won't even think you will just be grabbing those chips and you won't have thought about it. And that's your brain. It's telling you that this needs to happen for it to get that um, source of glucose. And glucose is the number one fuel for the human brain. And then, of course, your brain will go into hi hibernation mode if it's not getting the sugar or the fuel source that it needs. So it'll go into more of a survival mode. Lastly, we would want to hydrate. So we know a lot of the times, and we know this well, that we can confuse hunger with dehydration. So shoot for at least an ounce of water per pound of body weight, and preferably purified or filtered water if you can. Again, though, this is just a generic piece of advice, like the podcast I did maybe last week or the week before, Water and how much you need can be um, dependent on the individual themselves. Okay, so I might need more water than you because I might train a lot more or I sweat easier. There's all these different variables. So you will know when you feel good. Generally, when your mouth or you feel dehydrated, that is a good signal that you need more water. And 
Lastly, lastly, being aware of a magnesium deficiencies. So magnesium is required for over 300 functions in the body. It also crosses the blood-brain barrier, which can help control cravings. Um, so being aware of where you're getting magnesium, if you feel that you maybe are not getting a lot of magnesium, we would look at some sort of magnesium supplement or where we could increase magnesium in your food intake or if we could do something topically, maybe a magnesium or Epsom salt bath. Um, so it's something to be aware of again. All these hacks, they can help make managing sugar cravings a lot easier. Now it's not that's not saying it's going to be super easy. You'll have it done in three to five days. If you use all these hacks, no problem. Obviously, everyone is individual. Everyone's willpower is individual. How badly someone wants something is based on an individual basis as well. So these hacks are just tools to help you, to help make things a little bit easier. And you know, if they work perfectly for you, if you integrate and add all of these hacks into your lifestyle immediately and you find perfect it's worked i no longer crave sugar i feel i've got control over this then awesome if they don't but they make things a little bit easier for you then awesome also so this information is provided to just kind of guide you and support you on your journey um, of optimizing health and getting over these hurdles that you may encounter along the way so I hope you found this helpful. If you've got any feedback, good or bad, I'm open to hear it. Please, please share with anyone that you feel may benefit from this. Because we know in this day and age, a lot of people are struggling with health issues. So any kind of support that we can provide for them is going to be beneficial for all of us overall. Um, so have a great week. Eat your vegetables. Avoid your sugars where you can. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will chat soon. Bye, you guys.